So in your situation, you know, have you ever had any struggles uh, or any interactions that have kind of made you think about, hey, this is maybe not the way I want to go because of your race, your ethnicity? It's only like 3.3% of PAs that are black. So being able to increase that statistic just little by little has also been a a big goal of mine. I know it's a thing for some providers to think that black people have like a higher pain tolerance. Which I'm really not even sure like where that research came from or anything like that or where the information came. Yeah, I feel like that's very subjective or just even social disparities. So like one of my classmates, she's mentioned to me like how she went to go get her teeth pulled. And right when they was putting her under anesthesia, they was like, oh, just pull one teeth because I don't know if she can afford it. They profile her and assume that, oh, we don't think she'll be able to afford this procedure. I realized that a lot of black people are very, very, very skeptical of doctors and medicine and nurses. A lot of times they feel like if they go into the hospital or I'm not coming back out kind of thing. What's up guys? Thank you for joining me on this episode of the one and only STEM for Them podcast. Today, we've got an amazing episode with Detavius Veal. He's currently a physician assistant student at Morehouse School of Medicine. For those of you who don't know Morehouse, it's one of the top historically black colleges in the nation. Not only do they strive to create the future providers of America, but they also do that by hand selecting diverse students. And as I was privileged to know, Detavius Veal is one of them. So today we're here to learn more about the physician assistant field and I'm ready to get started. Um, Sorry, there's a little smidge on the screen. I apologize, let me grab it real quick. I think I got it. I think I got it. Uh, For those of you who haven't noticed, we are getting the merch shirts out. We are not finished yet, but this is just a sneak peek. So this is for all the PAs out there. We are gonna get this shirt out as soon as possible. Follow our Instagram, which is in the link in the description, so you can be notified when these shirts come out. It's gonna be crazy, guys. Thank you for joining me on this. Let's get to it. That makes more sense. What are some of the like interests that you have outside of medicine? I love roller skating. That's like my number one hobby. I I skate like at least once a week. Do you really? Uh, I do. Where do you go? I like going to Sparkles in Kennesaw on Monday nights. Or sometimes I'll go to Cascade or sometimes I go to Sparkles in Smyrna too. Okay. Yep. And then I work out probably like three to four times a week. I try to. Mm-hmm. I didn't really meet that goal this week. I did. T- well, I might meet it today. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Right? <laughs> we'll see what happens. Wherever <laughs> the wind blows me. Now, you were at Kennesaw. Mm-hmm. For, so that's where I was like, I know the Tavius. I, like, yeah. From pre-Soma and this and that. Everything. I was like, man, it's been a while. But yeah. it just kind of, it's funny how like just in a world of PAs, you'll I find know. somebody like that. And it just circles back around. The world is really, really small when you think about it. So I found that really crazy too. And even the fact that you're doing this, I was just telling my friend yesterday, I was like, um, because I remember you were the president of Soma. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, he's always just created so many different opportunities <laughs> for people. So I'm glad that you even found something like outside of undergrad to like continue their legacy and stuff. So congratulations. Thank you. That's well, really congratulations. Good. Yeah, congratulations to you That's too. I'm, I'm in the PA field now. Well, thank you. It's a big thank deal. You. Yeah, I, I always like starting up things. I, I, that's kind of like um that's my skill or mm-hmm. utilizing what I, what I like to do so 
uh, it's fun. But Soma was a fun one too. Was it? <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was fun, especially when like the PA started to coming along. Oh yeah. And nurses came along. I thought that was fun. Oh okay, so it was. I'm oh, glad. it was for everybody. Yeah, like I'm I had glad. a veterinarian student come by one, a pre vet student come by. Um, and then I had like anybody you could think of. Like at one point I had a PT student come by and I was oh. like, oh, okay. Like, okay. That's great. So it was good. It was fun because it's when... really inclusive. That's what I really mm-hmm. like about it. It's like yeah. really inclusive for all the healthcare fields and everything. So it's, a, it's, it's needed, right? Mm-hmm. Because oh, eventually definitely. you're going to be working with these everyone. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> you really, you really will. Um, even as I work in the hospital, it's just, I, I think I really enjoy working in the hospital because I never realized the roles that all the different healthcare professionals play. And so um, you really don't realize how essential everyone's specific role is on the healthcare team until you're like actually there to witness it. So yeah, I'm really glad that people, that you open that door for different people. Yeah, I mean, I think it was important, right? And that's exactly why this podcast is like in existence Mm -hmm. um, to like kind of share how everybody has a different path, but also maybe their path didn't work out and they went somewhere else. Very true. That happens a lot, right? I'm sure you've seen a lot of times. Yeah, I have. Um, So it's it's interesting, but at the same time, it's a good way to go. I think so too. Yeah, so Datavius, thank you for bringing on board uh, yourself and just on your busy schedule. Absolutely. Um, So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Just give them a gist so we can get started into it. So let's see. Well, my name is Detavius, but everyone that I know calls me Scooter from my family to my yep. friends. I even have um, classmates that call me that. Originally, I was born and raised in Milledgeville, Georgia, and then I went to Kennesaw after high school where I did my undergrad. I majored in biology and I got my minor in um, data analysis and applied statistics. And then after I graduated from Kennesaw and the Spring of 2021, I took a gap year where I was just working in the children's hospital as a patient care tech. And then I started PA school in the summer of 2022. So I just started this past year. So I am still in my first year of PA school. We actually just started our third semester. Um, Everything's going great so far. It's looking good so far from what I saw on Instagram. (laughs) It's going. It's going. (laughs) Yeah. Why do they call you Scooter? Well, my dad gave me that. I actually don't even know why. I've had a nickname for literally the longest, probably since I've been like one or two years old. I don't even know why. (laughs) But everyone in my family has like crazy nicknames. So Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Scooter from roller skating, but it's- it's Oh, no, it's actually not. (laughs) And that's a a funny story too with the roller skating because I used to roller skate when I was little, but I had stopped when I broke my leg. And I actually just started back roller skating last last. February, so February 2022. So it's almost been a year of me like back skating. I'm glad I did. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's really something fun. else. Um, I, I used to go to a few of them, and uh, mm-hmm. I know the difference of like the inline skates versus the. Oh yeah, the, I, I used, forgot what you call them in the four when they're in squares. I see. I use the fours. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, the inline skates are too fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, inline skates are yeah, like when you're trying to get somewhere mm-hmm. real quick. But the fours, the fours are actually harder for me. Really, I don't know why. It's just a lot of ma- you have though. to have balance on them though. Like the, yeah. I, that is the thing because a lot of people dance with it too. They have a movement with it. Mm-hmm. That's not what everybody. does does with it but like it's pretty hard it is and i think that's probably why because that's one thing that i do i like to dance with it and do like the different moves yep. with it but it's it definitely takes a lot of balance it does in practice yep. definitely well maybe you can associate that now if you want to to put scooter and roller skate i probably could <laughs> <laughs> maybe just put an emoji on your instagram profile and, and put it. like a little roller blade or something. yeah <laughs> 
So yeah, so uh, pretty much, you, I didn't know you grew up in Milledgeville, actually. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I was born and raised down there. Yeah. So why didn't you go down to GCSU, for instance? Like, oh, uh, I just by. wanted a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. After living there for what was it, like eighteen years? Like, I was literally born and raised. All my family's down there, or in the nearby counties and everything. I just wanted a change of scenery and something different. And um, I chose Kennesaw because I knew I wanted to be in the Metro Atlanta area, but at that time I didn't necessarily want to live in atlanta and kennesaw is only like 30 minutes from atlanta so mm-hmm. i feel like that was like a good balance for me that's good yeah it's yeah, a good place too great. kennesaw i love it it was um, a great school it is amazing school like from yeah. transferring from so many times from my perspective mm-hmm. kennesaw was the best one they had yeah, a different really environment there them. they do they mm-hmm. do and i think the um the science department is really good there too and uh, I feel like it also really challenges you a lot. So I'm really glad that I attended Kennesaw. Yeah. yeah like I, a lot of that stuff is helping me now. Agreed. Yeah. What do you think, uh, like when you first got there, what was your perspective of this college? Because it's a big campus. You know, it's um, um, it's interesting on its own because it's a it's new, right? It's a newish mm-hmm. building and everything. What was your perspective when you first got there? When I first got to Kennesaw, I... To be honest, I really can't even remember what my exact perspective was. I really love the campus because I feel like we have a really beautiful campus. Um, it was really new because it was it's actually a really, really big school and they're growing each year. I think at the time when I first started, it was like 21,000 students or something like that. So um, that was new to be able to be around that many people at a time because Milledgeville is a smaller, it's a smaller town. So right. I've never really been around like that many people or you're living in such a larger city at the time so it was just a overall new perspective i wouldn't say that it was necessarily good or bad more of a neutral just like mm-hmm. oh wow this is different yeah perspective. yeah it's it's every school has that you know mm-hmm. like uga has a different perspective oh yeah because they're huge they're huge <laughs> emory has a different perspective it's it really just is how you take it or like yeah. how you process it and where you come from mm-hmm. you know that, that makes a big difference um so with the pa route now mm-hmm. that you're you're in that what did you do through undergrad that helped you get to where you are now because uh, I want to jump right into it. I want to yeah. know. <laughs> Let's see. Throughout undergrad, I did a lot of like research. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried. I was really involved because at that time I wasn't even really sure which route I wanted to go. I just knew for a fact that I wanted to be either in like science or medicine or something of that area. So um, I was just really involved in a lot of the sciences. So I did some research projects. I was um, a supplemental instructor for biochemistry. And I also SI'd for bio one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tried to get involved in different organizations like minorities in medicine. I, I remember at one point I was involved in SOMA for a little bit too. Um, I just try to get involved in like just those different aspects of like science and medicine. Yeah. Just and, to see where it would take me. Right. And yeah. research seemed to be like something that you were interested in or mm-hmm. was it just kind of you wanted to get your foot in the door? I wanted to get my foot in the door because I was looking into research as like a professional career as well. So I was really just exploring all my options just to see, oh, what what do I actually really, really enjoy doing? And so that's one reason why I started doing research. And also, I feel like it was just really interesting. It also just kept me on my toes as a student as well, just to push myself and challenge myself even more. Right. And research on its own, it takes time. Oh, it's it's time consuming. I was literally (laughs) in lab. I remember like every day, almost um, Monday through Friday, definitely. So it's definitely challenging. But I'm really glad that I did. I encourage anyone, if you're able to, to go do research. Yeah. Undergrad. 
And for research, I know for undergrads, it's like you kind of have to wait a semester. You have to be early. You have to get one semester before and kind of volunteer. Because I remember I had started, I started doing research my junior year. I think it was fall 2019 is when I first started. And I remember during summer 2019, so the summer before junior year started, um, that's when I first started going in to like volunteer and help out before I started doing it for actual academic credit. And then, um, then I actually got enrolled in it for academic credit in the fall. Right. How did so. you get that experience? Did you just go to a professor and say, hey? Um. How, oh, yeah. You asked. So it was kind of hard for me to get involved in that because I saw so many people or I saw a lot of my peers doing it. And I was looking to trying to figure out different ways to do it. So what I did was I took the route to just start looking on the school's websites at different faculty members and their research and things that they were interested in. And I kind of narrowed that down to things that align with my interests as well. So once I found, I had like a Google Doc. So I put all the faculty members that I was interested in in their research on the Google Doc and then like what their topics were and then like their email address. And then I just emailed um, individual faculty, faculty members expressing interest to see if I could maybe come in and volunteer. Um, and then I was hoping that eventually that volunteer experience would lead me into getting for academic credit. Yep. So and, you just kind of just got to reach out. And yeah. And that's the hard part, right? That is. <laughs> you get a lot of denies. Yes. <laughs> it only takes one, denies. right? It yeah. Only it only one. takes one. Yep. So I started doing it with Dr. Hudson. And uh, I'm really grateful that he let me come in and just shadow and experience it. So. Yep. Yep. Did it take some time to convince him or was it just more like uh, um, you reached out to him and he said, hey, I think I have a position ready. It didn't really take that. He just I reached out to him. And he emailed me back and told me I could come in lab one one day after my because uh, I was taking a summer class around that time, hmm. too. So he told me I could just come in after my class was over just to kind of get an idea of what was going on and speak with everyone. So. Okay. Like you yeah. said, it only takes one. It only does, yeah. <laughs> uh, I say that to everything almost. <laughs> yes, no, it's so true. Yeah. so true. So with uh, the this PA route of going through research and all this kind of stuff, you know, wh- why, what sparked you to even go into the PA route? So uh, summer 2019 was really an interesting summer for me because that's when I really started because I was like, okay, junior year is coming, so I need to really start buckling down and figuring out a plan. And so I really started exploring my options. So I realized that I was really interested. Well, I was being pushed towards medicine. That's something I was really interested in. So um, I was really interested in either doing like MD, I considered PA, and then I was also interested in clinical lab science, which is the people behind the scenes who are like running the diagnostic tests and everything. So I actually have a friend and her mom is a clinical lab science for scientist for the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. And so she let me come in. She works at an urgent care and uh, I can't even remember the name of the town, but she works in an urgent care for her children's. And so she let me come in and shadow her for a day. And I really enjoyed it. And then me and her were talking. I was telling her my interest and everything. And then uh, at that time, Tamia, the um my friends that's who mama i was shadowing she was also interested in pa school and so her mom was just telling me about that so me and tamia started talking and then i was still kind of at that time i really enjoyed clinical lab science like i really enjoyed my experience with her but i was like i don't really think this is the role that i want to play on the healthcare team so uh, i kind of ruled that ruled that out and then i was stuck between md and pa and so from there, I really just started shadowing just different um, healthcare professionals. So I, I shadowed an MD, and then I ended up shadowing a PA, and then just kind of um, 
doing like the pros and cons and what I wanted to do on the healthcare team, I decided that PA was the best route for me. So that's what really what led me to there. I was really just all over the place at some points. At some point I was even considering um like a data scientist. Cause like I said, my minor yep. was statistics and everything. So I actually really enjoyed doing statistics and working with different softwares, but I was like, I don't think that's like where my passion lies. I think I just sure. found it really interesting to do. So yeah. Yeah. Just kind of explore your different passions and what you as an individual really enjoy doing is the best way to go. That's a good way to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you had three options and then you narrowed yeah. it down to one after you kind of went through each field yeah and it was hard it was a hard time too because i remember i had to like literally journal and write out like pros and cons for each profession and like a lot just align it with what i personally wanted to do right so yep that, that was the hard right. part and that that's another thing with me i can be a real indecisive person so <laughs> yep. I was, it was just hard for me <laughs> but right. i ended up picking the best route for me so i'm glad right yep ended up working out yeah, so um, I think that's a big part of like why a PA is why being a PA is such a great route mm -hmm. because you have these specialties that you can go into. Yeah, and you don't. Have and I think to that's really... another reason why I was like, oh yeah, this is for me because I know how indecisive I mm -hmm. can be. Like one minute I might really really enjoy something, and the next minute I might be like, oh, I don't know if I really care for this anymore. Right. <laughs> but I feel like I can do that with. I'm glad I can do that with specialties and stuff. So. Once you're locked we'll in, see. you're locked in as a, as a physician. I know. And that's one thing that kind of turned me away from the profession because I didn't really like that because I, I, I was like, well, how would you know if you really like it if you can't even really, you know, get into it after until after you apply for residency? And by that time, you're already so committed to um to that specific field that you wouldn't even want to go back and really do another residency to explore your other options. So. That's one reason why I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure. Well, I'll tell you the answer of how how do you find out? You mm -hmm. just get locked in. That's it. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> you, what I was. You better be too. liking it. And that's what I was scared. Of. I was like, I do not want to be able to be in like that predicament where I committed all this time mm -hmm. to this um, profession or to this specific field and not even really enjoy it like I thought I would. Because it's all good on um, when you hear about it and when you're able to discuss it or talk with people who are in there. Um, that spot, but when you're like the actual one in that position, it's completely different. When you're the actual one in that field and hands on, it's like a whole nother different perspective. So yeah, yeah. I mean that the, the PA field is like the it was the number one mm -hmm. growth, and now it's number two, but it's fluctuating. It's like hey, I know. It's, it does as long as it's in top three. That's all that really matters. That's what I, I agree. <laughs> you know, that's that's it's it's gonna be up there for a while. Yeah, I think so too, and I'm glad that it's starting to gain a lot of recognition because I remember at the time when I was even exploring the option, it wasn't really like a. I never really heard about. I didn't even really hear about PA until I came to undergrad. <laughs> like I never heard of a PA throughout high school or anything like that. But looking back, you never really know who. Um, like, you never really know when you go to the doctor's office, like, who's taking care of you. I know I never really paid attention, whether it was an MD or a nurse practitioner or a PA. So, for all I know, I could have ran into a PA, but I never really knew that they were a PA. You so. would have never known. Yep. Exactly. It's not like they come in the room saying, hey, I'm, you know, like, yeah. I, I'm certified by this mm -hmm. board and whatnot. It's just. You just kind of like, please, yeah. you know, help me out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you that's really what I care who it is. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's a big part of people trying to understand medicine is mm -hmm. it's really not about what profession you are in it's more yeah. of how that provider takes care of you exactly you know and that, that's agree. a big impact um so with the pa route now that you kind of 
understood like that was your path you know how Mm -hmm. did you go about applying how did you know which ones to apply for okay so as far as the plus so i i remember i made the final decision i was like okay pa is the route for me so one i started shadowing my mentor her name is candace um she is an internal medicine pa so she does outpatient um outpatient the outpatient setting and so I shadowed her, and then she's actually also a preceptor for Morehouse students. So I was able to speak with some of the current Morehouse students that were um, doing their rotations with her just to get a perspective of how the program is and how they enjoyed it and just different things of that nature. And then my friend Tamia, she was, um, she she went, when we graduated, she went straight into it. So she actually started attending PCOM. So I was able to get her experience on how she enjoyed PCOM and just different things of that. And then I started researching just different programs around the country. One thing that I was big on was diversity. Um, I would look at their Instagram pages to see, you know, are they actually trying to commit to diversity or different things like that. And then I would also look at their mission statement to see if they mention anything about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, or, or and uh, if they did mention it, were they actually taking the, um, the steps to like implement those words. So that was one thing that was really, really big on for me personally. And what else did I, I was looking at the pants pass rates as well. So the pants is the, basically the boards that you have to take once you graduate from PA school to actually be a certified PA. So I was looking at different schools' pants pass rates, making sure that those were good. Um, What else was I considering? And also just overall location, too. I really still wanted to be in a city area, so I was considering location really, really. That was a big part of mine as well. I didn't mind going out of state, but as long as it was in somewhere of a, like a city kind of area i wouldn't mind active area mm-hmm. right because yeah. I, I yeah i just didn't want to be like bored throughout paa school like not having anything to do that was that was i was like no yeah right <laughs> i have to have something yeah and speaking of you know busy timings and going through this how is it uh with your schedule when it comes to these days especially as a first year um so okay so we first started in the summer summer semester was not bad um i think they used that semester to kind of transition you in to pa school and then fall semester they took off running on us um (laughs) fall semester was definitely or has definitely been my busiest semester so far it was basically just studying monday through so we have classes from like nine to about five um monday through thursday and then fridays are our exam days so we don't have class on fridays we just do exams and we would have an exam or two at least every friday um and also we have to take into consideration that we were doing like practicums on some tuesdays and practicums on thursdays and even some practicums on fridays so some days you could have like two exams and a practicum so it was just like really learning how to allocate your time the right way. So I was doing a lot of studying, basically mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, probably about on average, I would say I probably studied like minimum four hours, four to five hours each day, Monday through Thursday. Right. Um, I usually don't study on Friday since those are test days. I kind of use that day to just, after I take my exam to just go home and just mm-hmm. kind of unwind. Um, Saturdays, I usually cut myself off, um, by noon on Saturdays. So if I wake up in the morning, I'll study up until noon and then just leave the rest of my Saturday to myself 
and then I'll study on Sundays. And also Saturdays kind of vary because I still work at the Children's Hospital too on PRN. So I don't work too occasionally, but I do work every now and then. So sometimes I have to work my 12-hour, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. shift Mm -hmm. on Saturday. But I really enjoy doing that. That's not too bad. And then being the president of the class also brings on a lot of responsibilities as well. Um, A lot of meetings, (laughs) a lot of meetings. So my my weekly schedule kind of varies. Um, we do a lot of meetings. We do a lot of fundraising. We do a lot of community service. So just trying to allocate time for that is is my schedule varies day by day. Honestly, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised that you're able to work like that. Well, a, yeah, the yeah. only reason I'm able to is just because as a PRN, um, as a PRN worker, my only requirement is that I have to work three shifts. A minimum of three shift every six week schedule. Gotcha. So uh, it works out for me. I can just do like either I can just do two Saturdays and then one Sunday, or I, I my manager lets me make my own schedule. So it ended up working mm. out a lot. Do you feel like that helps you kind of stay sharp on? Yeah, that's what I was gonna get into too. I feel like it keeps me up on like my bedside manner one. Um, and then also I'm able to take what I'm learning in class and basically apply it to like what's going on with the patients. So what I'll do is whenever I have patients, I like to know a little bit more about what's going on rather than what I used to do just in my patient tech role before I started PA school. So I take a deeper dive to see what was going on, what's brought them in here, um, to see what medications they're on. Would I have recommended those medications if I was the one who was taking care of them? Um, just different things like they're actually taking what I'm learning in the program and applying it to this. And then also being able to connect with the different providers that round on the floor and everything. Um, sometimes I've even shadowed a PA that, um, that was there. He let me come in and shadow him one shift. So being able to do that and have those connections have really helped me out as well. I'm sure it's going to help you in the long run too, after mm-hmm. you take your pants and everything, because when those jobs start to line up, yeah, you that's can have what, those that's another reason why I kept the job too. I was like, hopefully this you know, will help me make connections and be able to get into the doors that I want to be able to get into. Oh, they'll already have a familiar face to, yeah, to put the paper too, you know, to yeah, the resume. That's, what, so. that's the plan. <laughs> hey, it'll come through. It'll come through. I'm hoping. Yeah. For certain schools, there are requirements that you have to do certain GPA, blah, 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 mm-hmm. like we talk about, but there are sometimes you can you have to take a GRE or even this new exam that's coming out for the PA oh, specifically, yeah. and I think Morehouse does that too. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain a little bit more of that process, or even if you had to do it? Yeah, so I had to. So at the time when I was applying, Morehouse did not require the um, the new PA. I think it's like the PA PACAT or something like that. I can't yep. remember what it's called, but. At the time, they didn't even require, they only required the GRE. And all the schools that I applied to only required the GRE. But I think they did have that option available. Like, if you take, if you took it, we'll take it. But I, I never took it. I only took the GRE. And then as far as, like, um, class requirements, if I remember correctly, I know it's, like, the bio. So, bio one, bio two, you know, your chemistry classes, organic classes. Um, not all programs require organic two, but I ended up taking organic two anyway, because that was a part of my um, degree. And then some schools are also now beginning to require biochemistry. And I even took that back then. But at the time I applied for Morehouse, I remember it wasn't necessarily required, but they highly recommended it. But I'm not sure if they lifted it. I'm not sure if they required it now or because I know they're making a few adjustments to their 
admissions process. But it just depends on whichever school you're applying to. That makes sense, too. Yeah, so with that exam, right, mm-hmm. uh, of uh, taking the PACAT, you said you didn't have to take it. Yeah, I didn't right? have to take it at the time. Okay, okay. So. So, so then did you even have to take the GRE? I did. I did end up taking the GRE for because all the schools that I were applying to required the GRE. So, yeah, I ended up taking that. Okay, gotcha. Because mm-hmm. I know that um, like there are a few schools that don't take the GRE even on top of that, which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, like Emory does that and, and Pecom oh. does that as well, where they don't take the GRE. Or okay, you can give it to them, but they don't really uh, take Required. that much into consideration. Okay, okay. So, it's interesting. Um, but they did definitely change that over time, obviously, from mm-hmm. your perspective, because you applied during COVID, you know, like mm-hmm. peak moment. <laughs> so it's different for you. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to end up like getting getting rid of the GRE and just doing like the PACAT overall. I'm not even sure what's on the PACT, honestly. Yeah, neither do so. I. I. I saw it and I was like, mm, yeah, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> the one I want to go with, because I saw Morehouse was kind of the only one initiating it for the mm. last cycle or this cycle. Okay. And okay. Uh, I was like, huh, interesting. But it, it seems like you would only, that's the only school that would have to take that basically and yeah. submit it. So it's kind of like, it seems like a waste, you know, to be mm-hmm. taking that. But at the same time, now that it's being more implemented, it's a little bit of a different story. Yeah. Like I say, it probably just depends on whichever schools that you personally want to apply to. And yeah. Stuff, so. Right. So what other schools did you apply to, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I did Augusta and then I also did PECOM. And Morehouse. Those were the only three schools I applied to at the time. Because honestly, I wasn't even expecting to be accepted that round, mainly because I didn't have that many patient care hours at the time that I applied. And so I was really just testing the waters just to see what would happen. So I remember I ended up submitting my application like July or no, it was like end of June, beginning of July Hmm. during the summer of um, 2021, right after I graduated. And I wasn't really even expecting to get in just because, like I said, I felt like I didn't have that many patient care hours because I didn't even start working at the hospital until August 2021. Because before then, I was a medical assistant in the internal medicine clinic. So I really didn't even have that many patient care hours or experience or anything like that. How important is it for you, at least in your opinion, of getting those patient care hours or direct patient care hours? It depends. So, because you can get different patient care hours um, different ways. So, in my opinion, it depends on which way that you give them will be useful in your, like, throughout PA school. So, I'm really glad that I ended up doing, like, the medical assistant and the, I'm working in the hospital because I feel like I got introduced to just so many different uh, prominent things because, well, one, the internal medicine clinic was, like, mainly adults. And then learning a little bit about adult health and uh, different medications that a lot of adults are taking and then going into the pediatric hospital to learn about what happens a lot with kids and um, like just different viruses. I feel like like th- that combination of those two things really helped me a lot, a lot throughout or is helping me a lot throughout PA school. So it really just depends on which route that you that you go that will help. Some people did phlebotomy. Uh, and that helps them out a lot throughout our practicums and stuff like that. Um, some people did like EMT. That's definitely helping them out with um, our practicums and also with the medications and everything that we're learning. So it just depends on your route. Yeah, right. And, and that's pretty big for the PAs because um, I, I try to emphasize that for people to understand that shadowing is great. It's mm-hmm. great. It's important. It you, sh- you should do it. 
but also you should try to focus on trying to get a certification or some type of job out there like you said a medical assistant yeah lobotomy tech whatever you want to uh, go for but that's just because it gives you direct patient care you're you're literally dealing with the patient yeah um, i agree yeah i agree when you, whereas you're shadowing you're observing which is great but you're not able to really interact mm-hmm. you know with that patient and that'll tell you whether or not uh you need work and we all need work <laughs> yeah we all can improve in some way <laughs> exactly yeah, so it's, it's pretty important in, in that situation so how do you like morehouse you know, I love with, it. With it going now this first, you're going on this first year. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's going really good. I really enjoy Morehouse. It's great actually. What is it about the environment? I know you say that there's like diversity, inclusion, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that situation. But what do you see specifically that makes you so grateful? You know, for this opportunity that you're in. One like my class in general, my classmates. It's a very very diverse group of um. People, so I really like enjoyed learning about just different cultures, different perspectives, different walks of life. Um, I really appreciate that. That's like the number one thing because I feel like that I can use that when I'm implementing uh, or when I begin practicing as a PA and being able to connect with different patients on that level and stuff like that. And then I also really enjoy like the family knit environment that comes with it. My classmates, we are all really one big family. We help each other out a lot um it's i was really scared about going into pa school because i didn't want it to be like a a big competition or anything like that because i I see that a lot i feel like in like in our field of um in our field like in medicine i feel like it can be real competition based or nobody's really trying to help you so i really enjoy that my classmates are we're all willing to help each other out we make a lot of quizlets and we'll send them out to each other we all share like studying tools and resources um, they make the journey a l- way easier than I know it would be if I, if nobody was really open to that. Right. So I really appreciate that. And, and you're absolutely right because pre-meds are like, it's just a s- society and just yeah, culture. It, it, it really is. is that environment that they live in. Um, uh, it's competitive. You it know? is. That's kind of how it is. Whereas PAs, it's also competitive to, to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot, a little bit more leniency, a little bit more of a relaxing tone. Yeah. To it, I think know? once you get in that, well, I'm hoping like with a lot of programs that, um, that it's the same as ours. So like, once you get in that kind of like competitive aspect kind of goes out the window and we're all just like, okay, we're just, we're just here to graduate now. Yeah. Do so. you feel like a lot of <laughs> programs do that or, um, um is I, it just yours? So I've, I've I've actually interacted with a few programs around the Atlanta area, like Mercer. Um, I've interacted with Emory, and they all seem to have that family knit aspect. We did like a um during PA week, kind of like a kickball tournament with different programs, and everyone seemed to be getting along pretty well. Seems like everyone's getting like close with their cohort and everything. So I'm hoping that's consistent throughout all PA programs, and I will even hope that even just in all medical programs in general, not even PA, that that you know, that attitude is being implemented because at the end of the day, it's it's not just about you. It's like an overall healthcare team. So knowing how to throw that competitive mindset out the window, I feel like it's really the best way to go. And it just makes it easier for everyone. I wonder opinion. if it's because of the residency like programs with medical like medical school oh, you because know you know they have to match and mm-hmm. that that's kind of where I wonder if that's where it stems because they have after. another thing they have to apply. I've never really thought right. about it like yeah, that. yeah, and true. like for us or like the PAs in general, you mm-hmm. don't really have to do that. Yeah, since you know, or once you get a job placement, uh, there's not really bit anybody in your way. It's really yeah, you maybe put that's what it is—the residency aspect. As well, I never, I never really thought yeah. about that, so that could be true. Too. Now that you mention it, it's like, yeah, I, I guess that's a good point, you know. Mm-hmm. But 
even then it starts before medical yeah. school. <laughs> so, I agree. Uh, but that's kind of everywhere. You're right. Like nursing yeah. programs. Are even like in undergrad, right. you know, you see that a lot while everyone is trying to mm-hmm. graduate and everything. Cause a lot of people have more plans for after undergrad. So that's probably like how you say why it's like that for um, medical yeah. students. Cause they do have residency to apply for and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. And they have to match and mm-hmm. this and that. But uh, I know some PA programs or, you know, jobs are requiring residency mm-hmm. sometimes uh, have you heard anything about that or um so i never heard of like a job requiring it but i have seen like different residency programs for pas out there i've even considered some I- i'm still on the fence about like residency programs for pa because mm-hmm. i think i don't know i'm still kind of on the fence and trying to do more research about them but you never know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, once you get to rotation, you can kind of get yeah. a feel on what's what's good. And then what you really like doing. I think that's what I'm waiting on to see. Like, mm-hmm. one, And then once one, we haven't even really got through all of our organ systems. So I'm really trying to get an idea of after I learn everything, um, which ones do I really enjoy learning about and that I enjoy doing that I could see myself practicing as. So. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll and how is it, uh, now that you bring it up, Is mm-hmm. how is the PA curriculum? Like, how do you go through it? With organs and medications, or oh yeah, so we do it. But well, our school does it by organ systems. So, um, for example, last semester we we started off with derm. So when we was in the derm module, we were learning everything about derm. So like different derm procedures that you would do, like biopsies, um, injections, and then we was learning about like different derm conditions, and then the medications that you would use to treat it. Um, just different things like that. So you do that for each organ system. So we did that for derm. Then we did it for um, heme. Then we did it for HENT. Then we did cardio. And then we did um, pulmonology. And then now we're getting ready to start our GI module. So it'll be the same thing. So GI procedures, GI medications, GI conditions, and just different things like that. That's it's interesting to see that, right? Because mm-hmm. the pattern of that, of going through the organ system, then with the medications with it, yeah, it just helps you kind of understand it mm-hmm. a little bit better. And it's a good compartmentalization. Yeah. So. And then what they do is, too, they kind of make every test a little cumulative. So, like, when we did, like, H&T and Heme, there was also a little bit of derm questions on the exam, too, just to make sure that you're keeping up with all of the organ systems that you're not necessarily, like, pumping and dumping. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do you study for that? Like, or is it just kind of um, like you study well, for Well, hopefully it? it was just kind of drilled into your head. <laughs> so, yeah. but they don't really, it, it wouldn't be like really super detailed questions about the, um, like, let's say if we was on heme, it wouldn't really be super detailed questions about during, it might just be stuff that was kind of generalized or things that you most definitely will remember. Right. Or kind of like the most important topics that we talked about yep yeah it's a good point so. and so when you're studying what type of resources do you use outside of what they give you you know like other um, than powerpoints or do you use any i personally like so it just depends on what class so for me with pharmacology for example i feel like it's a lot of repetition um so i like to try to use quizlet for that and then i like to try to do different practice questions based on pharmacology and then for my other classes, I'll use like Osmosis, um, YouTube, of course, and then just the different practice questions, websites that they give us as well, that they purchase for us as a program and that they provide. I like to use those. Have you uh, been looking at Ninja Nerd? 
I do. Yeah, Ninja Nerd has definitely been saving my life. (laughs) Um, Especially with the cardio unit. I was definitely using Ninja Nerd. Yeah, they say that, well, you look at his videos and it really, uh, he really goes into detail with Mm -hmm. it. He's actually a PA too. Mm -hmm. Yep, which is amazing, right? What else? Tell me a little bit more about, you know, just kind of outside what you do. Uh, Like we talked about, you do roller roller skating. Oh, yeah. So Um, outside of school, I I enjoy different things. Really, if any of my friends invite me to anything, I'm open to trying all new stuff. Like even yesterday, my friend invited me. We did like hot yoga. Uh, it was like in a sauna or something. That was fun. I like doing all kinds of different stuff, rollerblading or roller skating. Um, I like working out. I really enjoy working out a lot. Three, I aim for three to four times a week. Uh, I enjoy cooking. Just trying to explore Atlanta too. Just different restaurants around the area, different sceneries, just different things like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to just get out and Yeah, you have to. You can't let school else. overwhelm you. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You and it's cannot. funny because a lot of times when people like are entering the PA program, they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm I'm not gonna be able to do anything anymore. Here goes yeah. two years. And, and that's and that. what I was scared of too. So I think that's why I'm so strong on making sure that you take time for yourself because right. if if you don't do anything, it will definitely consume you and then you'll just burn out. Yeah. Eventually. Right. So Exactly. And, and how long is your program, by the way? It's um 28 months. So a little over two years mm-hmm. is one of my programs. Yeah. So that's a good amount of time, though, mm-hmm. to be doing that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's still better, though, right? At the end yeah. of the day, because you come straight out. That's true. That's very true. You know, and, and you can start applying as soon as you get your pants. Yeah. I really thought about applying or maybe trying to apply Um, probably. Well, I was definitely going to start researching jobs around my second to last clinical rotation i was really gonna start going out there to look and stuff and then hopefully start applying like right after we graduate and stuff and then after i take my boards i hope i'll have a job lined up yeah of course we'll see and so how is it with that process of like clinical rotations do do you get to choose your clinical rotations or are they already Um, selected for you i actually don't know too much about clinicals i never really asked i know for sure like if you have so they do have rotations lined up for us and different preceptors that they already have working with morehouse but i think if you find your own then you can definitely do that and you just have to submit it and they have to fill out all the paperwork and everything um so for clinicals we have i'm trying to think we have one internal med rotation that's going to be inpatient and then one internal med rotation that's outpatient we do a pediatric emergency medicine um we do a behavioral health we also do a general surgery you have an elective rotation i feel like i'm missing like two more i can't even think right now but those are like oh and then a family medicine okay rotation mm-hmm. and then i think that actually might be all but those are like all the rotations that you have to go through throughout your time there Okay, so, so those are requirements. So you, you have mm-hmm. to fulfill those before you go on to do elective rotations. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then do you know how many elective rotations you get over time? I think they only give us one elective rotation. Okay, gotcha. I think so we you, get one. So they try to make you well-rounded mm-hmm. in a sense before mm-hmm. you can kind of choose what you want. After yeah. <laughs> and I wish we had a little bit more than one, but because I've been trying to narrow it down to which elective rotation that I would want to do. Uh, but I'm just so interested in so many different things. So it's going to probably be hard trying to narrow that down <laughs> yeah. to figure yep. out which one I want to do. Exactly. <laughs> which will be, again, at the end of the day, like that's the decision you'll make. Like once you 
find the love, right? Yeah. The passion for one or the other. Yeah, it's kind of explore my options and everything. Exactly, so exactly. And, and so you're working with kids right now, mm-hmm. PRN as your job. So how do you feel about, you know, pediatrics, for instance? I really enjoy pediatrics, actually. Um, that's, a, that's something I would really do. I don't think I would want to do like an outpatient pediatric because um, I don't really like the idea of a nine to five job like Monday through Friday. I really like the idea of having your like what I've been doing when, as my time as a tech is like free 12 hour shifts mm-hmm. and going about your week or something like that. But I would definitely consider pediatrics or even like a subspecialty within pediatrics is something that I would enjoy doing as well. I like working with the kids. Yeah. Kids are, uh, they're very complicated, but mm-hmm. it, they're so rewarding. Right? Yeah. And I feel like it, um with kids, especially like um the population that can't speak like newborns and stuff like that mm-hmm. is you really have to pay attention to what their bodies are telling you. So like the lab results that you get and the vitals and everything. So I feel like it takes a special kind of observance to be able to work in a pediatric healthcare setting. Yeah, absolutely. And so. it's also um, like I, I've said this before, but you are not just treating one patient, you're treating three patients. Yeah. If there's two parents involved, mm-hmm. right? That's very true too. So it's like, it, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I, I enjoy doing yeah. it. I do. I feel like it's very rewarding, especially as you see them get better and be able to leave the hospital. Um, that's my favorite thing about working there. Yeah. It's such a big part of mm-hmm. just trying to understand where, what you fit the most, right? Mm-hmm. What is your personality fit? Exactly. If you don't like kids. Then you, yeah. Probably shouldn't be <laughs> pediatrics. <laughs> yeah. You should probably be somewhere else. Right and that's now. how um, some of my classmates are. They're like, I do not want to do pediatrics. And then some are like, I do not want to do emergency medicine. And some are like, I do not really want to work with geriatric populations. And it's like, it's just your preference, you know? Yeah, yeah, so. and then that's the beauty of it because mm-hmm. eventually you'll need you'll need some other PA doing another job somewhere exactly. else, you know, some other specialty. Exactly. So it's pretty big to understand like where everybody has their own thing. Like it doesn't always fit you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I agree, and that's okay. <laughs> you just got to be able to understand <laughs> where they're coming from, you. you know. Um, so, so it's yeah. pretty big. It's it's huge actually. Uh, so you said you like working out, right? But you mm-hmm. like cooking. Okay. I do. So I you like cooking. cooking. What is? Let's say if I had if i needed you to bring one dish oh okay and it had to be and i was like Dotavius, it's got to be the best dish ever oh right, okay. what dish would it be it doesn't matter what it is but i'm counting on you mm, to, to bring this out this party dish. out alive um that's such a good question i'm trying to think of anything so every time we have like me and my friends and this is such a simple recipe but okay anytime me and my friends have like a gathering or they just throw like a little kickback or get together or something they always request that i make spinach dip it is their oh. number one request. If I do not walk through that door with spinach deal, they probably tell me to like turn around. <laughs> so I think that would be the dish that I would bring, which is okay. like spinach dip and chips. <laughs> now will it save the party? It would. Okay. It would. All right. That's all that matters. As long as it saves the party. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> is it now spinach artichoke dip? Or is that, so is I that never the same? use artichoke in my, I always okay. just use spinach, which I mean, you can, because all it is, you just throw it in there. But I just never took the time to like. Gotcha. It How there. do you make it? Um, all you do is just like mix it in a bowl. It's really easy, honestly. You just mix everything in a bowl, like spinach, cream cheese, sour cream, um, different seasonings, and just like milk. And you mix it all. Well, first you have to kind of cook the spinach in the uh, saute it a little bit, and then you mix it in and mm-hmm. get it all well and stir it in, and then you just bake it with cheese on top. Like yeah, that. but I guess it's just the seasonings that you decide to like add in there that makes a difference because everyone's tastes different. So yeah, exactly. 
Do you go for the spicier side every now and then, um, or do you go for go, more of the sweet? More like, I guess in the middle. I really never go for a spicy nor sweet. Just more so like a really nice savory yep. taste is yep. what I try to go for. That's a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Mine used to be chicken Alfredo pasta. Oh. Um, that a was go-to. a good one to go with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah, that was a really easy one to go with for me. Yeah. Um, And then I just had like had a traumatic time of when I had food poisoning one time. Oh, God. And it just... <laughs> never never went back to it never, you know? oh my gosh i never had food poisoning but i heard it is no fun oh like, it's horrible <laughs> oh god i can only imagine yeah it's um it's it can be really rough it was <laughs> that's exactly what it was when i had it so oh sheesh <laughs> yeah it's it's a ptsd for sure like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so ever since then you just was like i'm not cooking i i yeah i cook everything else but other than that you know like yeah. my wife will be like hey like you want to make you know, chicken Alfredo pasta. Mm-hmm. She loves pasta and spaghetti and all that kind of stuff. Um, and like now I'm just discard like, from it. Yeah. Like I'll cook like, you know, salmon, fish or mm-hmm. so I'll cook all that stuff. But I just something I just can't That's come so to crazy it. You know? How that happens. Like you go from loving something and then all of a sudden one bad experience is just like, Ooh. it's over, you know, like yeah. I'm just scared. <laughs> That's how I was with rollerblading, though. After I had broke my leg because I broke my femur, I literally broke my femur in sixth grade. Um, for roller skating, I was just like, I am not getting on those skates. Yeah. And it took me for what? For when I probably broke my leg when I was like 12 or 13. <laughs> it took me until um, I was literally 22. So about 10 years later before I was like, okay, I'll get on. I'll get back on skates. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. It's like a whole decade later. That is. So. Yeah. It took some time. That's for sure. To kind of come back it to is. what happened. Uh, I was just being a kid, not really thinking. Uh, my mom asked me to bring in a trash can. And our driveway was kind because of, I used to skate every day after school in our driveway. And so she asked me to bring in a trash can. And instead of taking the skates off, I kept the skates on to bring in the trash can. And so, like I said, our driveway is kind of like a little slope. So as I was going down with the trash can, uh, I'm not really sure what happened, but it kind of turned on its own and I kind of went with it. And so when I fell, it felt like a normal fall. Like it wasn't nothing that was super hard. But when I fell, my leg kind of twisted with it. And so it was just a clean I just remember hearing like a pop and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like a clean break. Yeah. I can imagine how tough that would be. Oh, it was. I was miserable. (laughs) I was down for like two or three months. That's rough. That's a rough one. So I did want to ask you a question overall about, you know, just kind of where you came from, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the instance of being black, right? It's Mm -hmm. very important that I help people understand the voices of where black people come from, right? Like it's a sensitive topic to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but, and and I wonder why, you know, there's a lot to it, but it's something that needs to be done because minorities in general, like I'm Pakistani, right? So Mm -hmm. it's something that we don't have a voice for, but we try to make that voice. And I'm hoping this platform can help bring that voice out for some people who are black and in the medical field, right? Mm -hmm. Because that is a big problem these days in America. So in your situation, you know, have you ever had any struggles uh, or any interactions that have kind of made you think about, hey, this is maybe not the way I want to go because of your race, your ethnicity, um, you call it. Not yeah. everybody has one, right? I but- can say, yeah. And I, going off of that, I personally don't think I really had any um, necessarily like racial discrepancies or anything like that with um, just with my upbringing or anything like that. But I will say just kind of like I have heard a lot of different stories and I, I'm very fortunate to not really have it happen to me directly. Right. But just with um, black people not really receiving the best or the adequate care, 
that they could have like for some reason i know it's a thing for some providers to think that black people have like a higher pain tolerance which i'm really not even sure like where that research came from yeah. or anything like that subjective. or where the information came yeah i feel like it's very subjective or where that information came from or also um I or just even just um social disparities. So like one of my classmates, she's mentioned to me like how she went to go get her teeth pulled and like right when they was putting her under anesthesia, they was like, Oh, just pull one teeth because I don't know if she can afford it. And it's just like so it was just so she only got one wisdom tooth pull tooth pulled and she had to go back for a whole nother uh, surgery and going through that whole healing process again just because they kind of profile her and assume that oh we don't think she'll be able to afford this procedure but um just hearing those kind of different stories and also just seeing like everything going on with black lives the black lives matter movement back like two or three years ago and just to see all the different um social injustices and everything kind of pushes me to want to be that face in medicine and also growing up in a very southern um southern black town and with a very southern family i realized that a lot of black people are very 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 skeptical of doctors and medicine and nurses uh, a lot of times they feel like if they go into the hospital or oh, i'm not coming back out kind of thing so i that's another reason that motivated me to go into that field because not all medicine or not all providers are going to be bad and not everyone is really it's it's not the goal to try to harm you it's really to try to help you. So I really wanted to be that representation, that face that if you if you were to come in, if I was working in the ED and you see me working or that I would be the one taking care of you, that you would feel comfortable and that you would be feeling like, OK, you know, I'm, I'm this will be fine. He's going to take good care of me. So I just always wanted to be that that face and that comfort for people that look like me and everything. And also for people that want to be into the PA field, like um, the, it's only like three point three percent of pas that are black so being able to increase that statistic just little by little has also been a a big goal of mine so that's why i always try to help any pre-pa student that reaches out to me really try to help and guide them to get to where they want to be as well yeah and i'm hoping that like this is the podcast for your voice to be spoken to right Mm -hmm. i agree (laughs) i hope so too you know so um if they were you know we can definitely put our link in the description of your social media kind of get get them going your email probably and uh hopefully you can respond during those busy days right Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're uh yeah i'm gonna try to get back uh (laughs) it might take me a few hours but i usually try my best to get back to everyone (laughs) so no, well, again, like I appreciate you coming on the podcast and oh, just speaking, speaking towards me. what matters the most, right? Mm-hmm. Um, giving your perspective on it and then kind of going from there. So yeah. um, hopefully they can reach out to you and kind of go from there. So thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you for again. having me.